0: You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast, sex and relationship advice you can use tonight. Hey, hey, your friendly neighborhood sexologist here, Jess O'Reilly with my lovely, other half brandon ware
1: i like that lovely it feels so good
0: you thank couldn't, you. you you couldn't tell i was mocking you
1: no i know you were mocking <laughs> me but i'm gonna roll with it
0: <laughs> listen babe this episode is all about you oh, finally it's the, it's the brandon episode
1: because <laughs> nothing's ever about me Th- right? that means yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm just
0: gonna hand over the mic to you go
1: i'm gonna pull my candid uh, um, <laughs> an awkward silence
0: so i receive Many questions for the podcast from listeners, and many folks are curious about you, Brandon, and want your perspective. So I've been compiling some of the questions directed at you. He's shaking his head. I
1: feel like people don't want to know what's going on inside my mind. They do. It's a little frightening in there, people.
0: Let me be clear. I get questions for you. I never get criticism leveled at you. It's always at me. Not until today. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) This is your debut.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Criticism debut. Here we go.
0: So let's dive right, right in. This person asks, how curious are you about Jess's past? I know you've been together a while, but lately I'm more curious about my wife's past and specifically why she had one night stands. I don't care what the sex was like. I just want to know why she had them. Should I be so curious or just get over it?
1: I am curious about your past only about your experiences. I am not curious about how many partners, how good or bad it was. I mean, I'm open to listening, but I, uh, I'm i not really that interested in it. Um, it wasn't
0: that interesting either. <laughs> no, was it not? Well, it could have been. I mean,
1: listen, I I think when we first got together and I was a lot younger, I was uncomfortable with the idea that the partner that I was with was more Let's call it experienced than I was because if I had to be brutally honest, I wasn't particularly experienced.
0: But you had used your right hand and your left hand. Yes. just kidding thank you very No much. you did have sexual partners.
1: I had had partners, but you know I didn't know how many you had had and I think the the thought that you had had more partners made me feel uncomfortable. And I've learned over the years that that's on me. Number and it's, one. It's
0: pretty gendered, wouldn't you say? We were young. It's
1: completely gendered. Are you kidding me? And why does it matter? Like why, like from, and again, I'm speaking about my own experience. I have just come to realize that it doesn't matter and that now I feel more confident knowing that that, that experience, I mean, listen, I could look at it and say, even though you had that experience, you're still with me and that's great. Um... And it's also that experience helped you formulate and understand what you liked. So why not, I don't want to say celebrate that, but why not just accept that everyone goes through uh, and, and not accept, but uh, that process allows them to understand a bit more about themselves. And the fact that they've come to you and gotten to you means that you are at this point, the person that they want to be with. Like how awesome is that?
0: Yeah, and no, I think that, Talking about your sexual history can help you to better understand your partner's, you know, needs or boundaries or desires. So I think if you're curious and you're just genuinely curious without judgment, it's okay to ask. Um, And I mean, folks who are going to judge are ultimately, you know, judging themselves. So if your intention isn't to judge your partner, um, then I think go ahead and have the conversation if you think there's some insight to be gained.
1: I mean... Maybe before having that conversation, think about how you will feel or you will respond when you hear, when your partner answers. Like, how are you going to feel if uh, they've had more partners than you or better experiences than you? Well, he
0: said he's not interested in that. He just wants to know why she had one night stands.
1: Yeah, but I'm just saying when that your partner responds to you, maybe think about in advance if the answer isn't. Something that makes you comfortable. How are you going to respond? And how are you, what are you going to say? Because I don't think the goal is ever to make somebody else feel badly about what they've experienced if you're just generally curious.
0: Yeah. And I think it's natural to be curious.
1: Absolutely. Can I drop the mic now and walk away? No. Like, am I done? Is that it?
0: No, there are more questions. Oh, <laughs> okay. This one says very clearly Dear Dr. Jez, uh, I want a guy's perspective. So this is more for Brandon than you my husband is often too tired for sex when we have it he's full of energy it's great but i feel like he says no almost 50 percent of the time should i be worried
1: you definitely should not be worried in this relationship open book brandon here i should get a t-shirt that says that in this relationship i have found that there have been more instances at least this is what i perceive where i want sex less than you want sex Really? And although that does change from day to week to month to year, year over year, I think I felt that you were more um, interested in having sex than I was. And that just contradicts what is stereotypically these gendered norm uh, norms where, you know, the man always wants sex. So I had to start thinking, like, is there something wrong with me because I don't think I want sex as much as you? And... I realized on my own, no, first of all, I don't think there's anything wrong with me. And it fluctuates. I am,
0: in fact, perfect. I am
1: fantastic. (laughs) But no, it just changes depending on what I'm experiencing and uh, my stress levels. Like, how do I feel? Am I really worked up over work? Or is there something that I can be doing, too? to um you know put myself more in the mood
0: so this person's asking if they should be worried like is it on them so i mean i guess i could worry about that but i don't because i think i am to perfect. listen to the
1: question more <laughs> um,
0: no i think that's um no what you said makes sense it's i gotta interrupt you though and say perspective is so interesting because i always feel like you want sex more than me
1: that it's it's that exercise that you have encouraged some of your clients to partake in where you write down how often you think your partner wants to have sex and how often you think and how often you want to have sex and then you exchange it with each other is really interesting because the perception is that your partner always wants uh, or sorry it depends on what you perceive your partner to be wanting, right? Do they, you think you, they always want sex and what do they actually want?
0: Do you feel like I want sex more often than you these days?
1: No, not these days. I think that there is so much happening in our lives and in the world and, you know, just for, no, I don't. But I think that my...
0: Overall, in the course of the relationship, I think it's because early on I wanted it more.
1: Th- that's what I was about to say. Early on First our impressions. <laughs> listen, when we first got together, I was like, this is great. You want it all the time. And then my desire to have sex as frequently as we did started to taper off. And that's when I started wondering and feeling insecure because I was like, is there something wrong with me? And it was just that the the libido levels at the time were different. And to think that two people over the course of, we've been together for almost 20 years, to, to constantly have interest in sex at the exact same level over those 20 years is, I, I think, very going to be very difficult to achieve.
0: I think we also have to realize that, um, you know, saying no, it's, of course, always okay to say no. And it's also okay to say I'm not in the mood, but let's see if we can get me in the mood. Because, again, if you wait until you're spontaneously in the mood for sex, you're probably going to have it f- less frequently, which for some people is fine, but it might be a good opportunity to have a conversation about how he needs to feel, in order to have sex, because you mentioned that he's yes. too tired, but when you do have sex, he's full of energy. So, you know, he may want to, and he may not, but he may want to address some of the, uh, you know, energy deficits and say, okay, how can I have more energy for this? Because some people, like for example, me, if I'm half asleep, I don't mind having sex. For other people, they want to have all the energy in the world. <laughs> if I'm half
1: asleep, I'm full asleep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're only one or the other. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a, an important conversation to perhaps have. Okay another question for you. Last week you said that you have no game and that you would never have gotten together with Jess if it had been up to you. I don't want to let my moment pass me by so how do I work on my game and my confidence? You've also talked a number of times about how your confidence has increased over time so how do I get more of that?
1: Wow how does your confidence increase over time? For me My confidence changed when I started to care less about what other people thought. Uh, I know that that's a really, you know, after-school special thing to say, where you're just like, don't care less what other people say. But when I started thinking about what mattered most to me, um, that helped me with confidence. I had a number of things that I had achieved that I thought would give me confidence. Um, you know, whether it was work or personal that I thought would make me feel better that, you know, once I achieved them, they didn't. And that caused me to reflect on going back to, you know, what's important to me to give me that confidence level. And then finally, having had experienced loss reminded me that uh, you do need to take those chances, those calculated chances and to put yourself out there and to be willing to be vulnerable because those moments of vulnerability when they're met by somebody who is a good human being can turn into wonderful experiences even if it's even if you take a shot and you approach somebody if you're sincere and passionate and Again, that element of vulnerability, if that other person is a good person, even if they're not interested, it will happen in a way where both parties come out and feel positive about the experience. Like it doesn't have to be where you approach someone and they just shoot you down. They can do it in a way that demonstrates that they appreciate it, but they're not interested. And both parties leave Do you think that
0: I have to show appreciation though? Like I, can't I show respect without, I'm just speaking from like my perspective of, you know, people hitting on me um, when I don't want to be hit on, on a plane, in an airport lounge, um, while you're in the bathroom. Uh, (laughs) Where was I the other day where I was so so irritated. Oh, I went to get a coffee. You went to one coffee shop and I went to the other and somebody was bothering me while I was just trying to get a bagel and listen, maybe I'm Maybe my attitude is a, is a bit of a turnoff. Uh, I think that you have to read people's interest, right? If my yes, head down is down in my phone, I probably don't want to talk to you. Um, so, you know, on one hand, I want to say, what do you have to lose? Like the worst somebody says is no thank you, right? I'm never a dick about it. But there does come a point where you also want to kind of read what somebody in- is interested in, especially when you think about like gender power dynamics. I don't know the gender of, of these folks here in this question.
1: I I shouldn't have used the word, I I think, respect. It's not that you need, the person on the receiving end needs to be appreciative of the person who's approached them. But I think when there's an element of respect, when the person approaching is respectful and the person who is receiving, even if they're declining, is respectful, that both parties can move forward knowing that it was a perceived opportunity to connect that just didn't work out. And somebody doesn't have to be beat up and somebody doesn't have to be harassed either.
0: Yeah, well, I think rejection is something that we've been taught to avoid. And I was thinking about your work and how in your work, uh, and my work as well, anyone who works for themselves, you face rejection. And it's good practice. Like, you get rejected and then something else goes well. And you get rejection rejected and you still go home to the same person who loves you or you're the, still the same person. I think about you, like, do you like yourself?
1: I, I do like myself. Uh, I like myself. Not as much as I like myself. (laughs) (laughs) I, I do like myself and it's something that I've had to work on because I grew up with this attitude that there's always a fault because if you can find the fault, you can fix the fault and you can become a better version of yourself. But I think it's the idea that, you know, when you're met with rejection, like with my work, when I meet rejection, it's an opportunity for me to reflect on why I was rejected And what I might be able to do better the next time to minimize the possibility of being rejected, right? So if I, if in a dating sense or in a, in a, in a relationship or a connection sense, if I approach somebody and they turn me down and it's a a terrible experience, why, what did I do that may have resulted in that? And I'm taking my work experience and applying it to a personal, um, situation, but I think it's, it's worth considering.
0: Yeah, and rejection is just a part of life. If you if you try and avoid it, you're always going to live in fear. I mean, I think the it doesn't matter if you're powerful; you're also weak. If you're, you know, strong, you also feel soft at times. So I think you know the most powerful or successful or admirable people have faced rejection and actually continue to embrace it every day. And maybe this is you know we need a more nuanced discussion of certainly reading people's body language. If somebody's at the gym and they have headphones on, please don't approach them. Yeah. If somebody's sitting in a coffee shop with their head down, they probably don't want to be approached. And you also want to just be mindful that for some of us, when you approach us, it it can feel physically intimidating. So I don't want to take away from, you know, use the word game. I think we, we mean more like charm or, you know, being charming or being attractive or being in a positive way seductive.
1: It is situational. And I think... I've glossed over that and I'm glad that you brought it up because I, I think you have to be respectful of people's personal space.
0: Yeah, no, I don't think you glossed over it. I think, And I think you do a good job explaining how sometimes the things we think we need to achieve in order to have confidence are just almost holograms, right? And, and confidence is something you can experience as opposed to a state of being, right? So you can be confident at times and you can second guess yourself at times. And if you're second guessing yourself today or in the moment, you can feel more confident or self-assured tomorrow, but definitely working on overall self-esteem, you know, through gratitude, through hanging out with people who bring, you know, positive reinforcement into your life. If you're dealing with issues of, of oppression, you know, looking at ways that you can help to dismantle or address or work through some of the trauma associated with that um maybe that's not what they were looking for Jess should shut up because this was for Brandon okay um next one oh this is fun because it can tie in nicely um so you talked about the toy called the pivot but you didn't describe what it feels like either time so I guess you spoke about it several times so can and it says can you elaborate I don't know if this person just wants a description of what it feels against against your penis, but uh, the Pivot is a penis ring and it's worn at the base of the penis and it's vibrating and it's by WeVibe. So if you go to WeVibe.com, you can get a couple of dollars off with code Dr. Jess. So this question makes me happy. Uh, D-R-J-E-S-S, WeVibe.com. And the Pivot is Brandon's favorite toy. So I'll let Brandon take it away.
1: The vibrations are intense. The, when you finish... The vibrations make it so, um, it really heightens the sensations when you finish. You can literally pivot the device so that if you're a person with a penis, it really feels great on your balls <laughs> or further on, why are towards... you giggling when
0: you say balls because
1: you, you gotta be honest it feels a little uncomfortable talking about what exactly feels so great about it and why so
0: you pivot that the head part
1: you pivot the head so against that it, your balls it, it vibrates against your balls and it vibrates down to the perineum and in between up towards your butt it also if you want to please your partner and if they have uh, a vulva that you know, it rotates up and pushes against their clit. Why are you laughing at me?
0: Because <laughs> you're like sweating while you're it. I'm like, oh, I don't know
1: exactly how to say this without-
0: I just like that you use the word vulva.
1: Vulva, yeah, making sure I use the correct terminology. I've taken it off and used it on my hands to please you.
0: Oh, you slide it on your fingers. Yeah,
1: I put it on my fingers. Might have to use a couple of fingers.
0: No, you have dick fingers. <laughs>
1: Thank you. I thank you very much. I have dick fingers. So why don't you tell people what dick fingers means rather than picturing Brandon having five penises on the end of his palm.
0: No, nah, that's what it is. Yeah,
1: that's it. It's I five. Just, no, I have regular hands. <laughs> thank you.
0: Do you think people actually think you have dick fingers? Well, I'm
1: picturing Brandon with, you know, te- 10 dick fingers at I, the end of his hands. I think
0: people would have heard of you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'd be a billionaire because of my dick fingers
0: travel around. Travel the world. (laughs) And just show people. Forget real
1: estate. (laughs) Brandon's dick finger man.
0: Well, you couldn't sign a contract.
1: No, I couldn't. I I could please many people at once. (laughs) Um, So, so
0: yeah, that's the pivot. And it's, it's designed to be worn during intercourse, but you could wear it during oral... Um, really likes it. I like his description. I thought you were going to say, I don't know, it's like 10,000 little buzzing insects buzzing against my penis. Who (laughs) wants an insect against
1: their junk? You know what? It feels like a bunch of ants crawling on my penis. That's not what it feels like. That's not at all what it feels like. It feels lovely. And I also want to say that in contrast to a lot of the other toys that I've tried, it doesn't, it's of great quality. Like it's just, it's not garbage. Like it's a really good, high quality toy.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So check it out. This is not meant to be an ad, but let's promote them. I we you were vibe. Say
1: it's not meant to be an ad for my dick fingers. No,
0: if you want to see Brandon's dick fingers, <laughs> my PayPal is. Then <laughs> mow You know what I want? I would like all the requests for pictures of my feet to now turn into requests for pictures of Brandon's dick fingers. I'm just teasing. He just has big hands. They don't ejaculate. <laughs>
1: Be we- sure to check out WeVibe and not Brandon's
0: dick finger hands. So WeVibe.com and it's The Pivot, but they have all these other cool toys and the code is Dr. Jess. All right. Okay, next question. Brandon, can you explain why men want to have anal sex so badly? Like, what's the appeal?
1: I don't know what the appeal is for most men, honestly.
0: What, do you want to have anal sex very badly?
1: No. I don't i wonder if it's a performative thing if people say it just to say it i mean sure have anal sex if you want to have anal sex um but i don't know what the fixation is i i wonder if it is something that you just some people aren't comfortable having so you want to
0: have it so if this is from a oh like a woman um i think you're talking about you putting your penis yeah in i was going to say like what's what's the now name? men having anal sex in their own butts I can see the appeal because you've got your prostate yeah, well, that's stimulated through there. Seen, yeah. But I think this question based on, yeah, based on this message I think is about why a man wants to put his penis in a in a woman's butt in a straight cis sense.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to assume that it's something that not everyone is comfortable doing. So perhaps there's this desire to do something that not everyone will let you do. Um,
0: the, taboo the, the, the
1: taboo element. The taboo the, element. There clearly is a... There can be a difference in terms of sensation.
0: Oh, because it feels tighter. It could,
1: could feel tighter. Yeah, definitely. Drier. Yeah. So.
0: Chafier. Use um, lube. We have a whole episode on how to have anal as well.
1: Yeah, but I mean, I think asking that question is a, is a great starting point. Why do you want to do this?
0: What is the appeal? What, what's the appeal? I always say to people, if you can dig a little deeper and say, you know, if we do this, whatever it is you're proposing, anal sex, a threesome fantasy, sex in a forest with the deer watching, what <laughs> is it that appeals to you physically, emotionally, relationally, practically? What are the benefits you're seeking? Because let's say you your partner doesn't want to do the deer for a sex scene, maybe you can pull out, extrapolate some of the other elements, the other associated benefits without doing the full scene.
1: Also, going back to your statement, which is before you do it to somebody else, how about you experience it on your own? For sure. If you're going to put your your
0: penis in someone's butt, put something something in your own butt.
1: butt. And then once you've done that, and if your partner is comfortable with you doing it, then you can proceed accordingly because you know how fast or slow you need to go when you're doing it.
0: Yeah. Okay, this person says, um, my girlfriend listens to your podcast and follows Dr. Jess. She wants to follow in her footsteps, but the idea of her talking about sex with strangers and traveling all around the world doesn't feel great for me. Is that what people think I do? Um, I don't want to hold her back. How do I get over it? Hmm.
1: I never felt like I had to get over it with you. It was something that I knew you were passionate about doing so why? you mean what,
0: going on airplanes
1: going on airplanes and traveling <laughs> but no in all in all seriousness why? i had to question i would question myself as to why is it i'm uncomfortable with my partner traveling and speaking about something that um like what makes me uncomfortable there i didn't feel like i had to ever overcome that with you it was something that you wanted to do and my approach was why would i stop you from doing something that you were passionate about that you um and that you did so well and there are so many kind of collateral benefits for for me that come with you doing what you do i mean think about it like the travel i can <laughs> i can come and visit you when you're traveling different places like there've just been so many the naked benefits. sex parties the naked sex parties the i mean even the, the topics that we have discussed as a result of your work have strengthened our relationship. I, I mean, I, every time we do a podcast, I learn something new. Every day, I'm, I'm presented with a new topic or a new person who's sharing information and insight that I can learn from. So there's so many other benefits that they just outweighed any potential negative that I, I, I mean, I guess from my perspective that, that might exist.
0: I think one of the concerns, uh, you know, the idea of her talking about sex with strangers uh, can feel intimidating, maybe if you're not having those conversations yourself to begin with. Um, And also, you know, our own hang ups around sex. You don't want to hold your partner back, not only in terms of their career, but also in terms of their own sexual exploration. I think one of the concerns also, though, has to do with being sexualized. Right. When I talk about sex, does it entirely erroneously give people the impression that they can sexualize me or that they can say anything to me or harass me and I, I mean that I have to say that that doesn't happen that often to me not in at in-person events like people don't tend to harass me um, but I think maybe this person is concerned that if their partner gets upon stage and is talking about these explicit subjects that it could be uh, uncomfortable for her or um, a threat to the relationship. So I think that whatever you're feeling, uh, these are good conversations to open up, but also with the, I think with the lens that Brandon's emphasizing, which is you don't want to hold her back. And you, you even say that in your email here. So, um, and I, you seem to phrase it in a fair way that you have to get over it.
1: I also trust you wholeheartedly. And that really gives me comfort when you're traveling when you're speaking that i know that this relationship is very important to you it doesn't mean that it's going to stop other people from doing and saying those things but i know at the end of the day that if you were attracted to somebody else if there was something that you wanted to discuss that we would have that conversation first before you know it got to a point where it was uncomfortable
0: yeah and i also should add that you know um traveling around the world and talking about sex with strangers, that's not the only way to do this career, right? That's what I do. Most people don't travel this much. Some would like to, many don't want to. And so, um, you know, this happened by accident for me, right? I didn't set out and say, oh, here's somebody doing this. Let me follow in their footsteps. Let me try and emulate this. The traveling just kind of happened. And I got, for me personally, I got lucky because I love it. Uh, I don't think most people would love it at the pace that I do it.
1: I couldn't keep up with the pace that you keep.
0: No. travel,
1: the speaking, it's like, fly one day, speak that night, fly the next day.
0: But I happen to love it. So not everybody would love it. So that's something to think about too. Okay, finally, to wrap up the Brandon Ware podcast.
1: I feel like I started strong. I don't know if I'm I got to finish strong here.
0: Sex with Brandon Ware. Um this, oh, you actually spoke a little bit about vulnerability a few minutes ago. And this person says, you know, I've heard you open up and be very vulnerable, talk about all these feelings, um, even cry. How do I get my boyfriend to open up and be more vulnerable?
1: Wow. I, again, personal experience, my, the vulnerability that I'm willing to express or that I've, that I now feel like I have is something that. I've created or I, I've allowed myself to feel over years and part of it comes with confidence. And I think that the more confident I become, the more comfortable I am being vulnerable when I want to be. And I don't know that you can necessarily it, it's it's something that I think somebody has to feel comfortable with on their own and I do believe that the conversations will help I mean they certainly helped me become more comfortable and confident so through sometimes difficult sometimes long conversations I've become more confident and then I've become more vulnerable so I think it's just
0: when you say confident sometimes people differentiate between confidence and self-esteem like self-esteem how you feel about yourself confidence like your belief in your abilities do you kind of mean both of those things
1: uh yeah I do um I feel like I I grew up with a real lack of self-confidence. I think it was surprising to me when people found out even, you know, five, ten years ago that I was, I felt like I lacked self-confidence. Now, it doesn't mean that I lack self-confidence in all aspects of my life, but in certain aspects of my life, I feel like I lack confidence. But that willingness to acknowledge that I lack confidence allows me to improve, uh, in those areas and that vulnerability that comes came with an understanding of how i felt so i don't know if that really answers the question but i think
0: so i mean being willing to admit that there's something you can work on or that there's some sort of perceived deficit um, and also i would don't you think that kind of cultivating spaces and relationships where you can be feel safe because so many of us continue to nurture and seek out relationships that don't create space for vulnerability right like we are only friends with or do business with people uh, with whom we share interests but not necessarily values right do you know what i'm saying by that Yeah,
1: i definitely know what you're saying and i think that people everyone aspires to be the most confident version of themselves like when i think most people think about successful individuals it's people who are uber confident right Hmm. and I don't feel that way, but I see how it's like to be super successful, you just need to have confidence in absolutely anything that you approach. And I think that acknowledging that you're not always going to have that confidence because you're not always going to be great at everything you do the first time you do it. But if you're willing to acknowledge that maybe you didn't do it well the first, second, tenth time, but you're working on it creates, um, you know, more opportunity for growth. And I think that with that, that opportunity for growth, there is an element of vulnerability. And listen, there's so many benefits to being vulnerable that I've learned about too.
0: And, and you also can't be good at everything. Like you say that, oh, no. maybe you're not good on your first try. You might not be good on your 20th try. And that's why I like to differentiate between like your belief in yourself and whether or not you like yourself. Like I think once you like yourself and trust yourself and also have, you know, people around you who really like you, Right. Who like you for who you are, not just because, you know, you can play a sport together or you can talk about one specific topic together, but who really, really like you for who you are, your essence, like your values, your core beliefs. Um,
1: Well, you're not faking it with those people. mm -hmm. When you're around those people, you're being who you really are. And when you feel that way, you know, you can address some of those underlying issues or things that you want to improve.
0: Yeah, and I think um, we're finding more and more, in that, more of that in our lives as we get older, more relationships like that, where we can be more intimate and more vulnerable among friends. Um, and we're seeing this even, you know, with people we work with, and I, I think it's pretty neat. And then one other way to, to get your partner to be vulnerable is for you to be vulnerable too, right? If you demand, hey, I want you to open up and be vulnerable with me, uh, that's a both a big and a fairly abstract request whereas if you start to open up more about you know your fears your insecurities your concerns your feelings that maybe aren't the most desirable at the time you might find that you know that modeling behavior shows your partner that it's a safe space in which to do so
1: I felt that way that when you've expressed something to me that I deem to be vulnerable uh, I respond with vulnerability and a desire to try and make you not feel bad or vulnerable like i associate vulnerability with um you know insecurity and i'm like i don't want you to feel that way so like you just said when you approach my the the first way i respond is oh my gosh like what can i do to make you feel better
0: right and that that expression of vulnerability is disarming and can encourage someone to do the same but you also i don't think we want to manufacture vulnerability like i think it really just comes down to the if we continue to be honest we have happier relationships so i hogged the mic more than i had planned
1: not at all i feel like great insight from dr jess and you know brandon spoke so
0: that's not true at all (laughs) thanks so much brandon ware
1: no problem
0: and I guess I'll plug WeVibe and remind people if you're looking for some really amazing toys, um, really innovative stuff. The Pivot is great, but they've got their new Nova 2 coming out as well. So use code Dr. Just to save a few dollars. And thanks so much uh, to all of you for being here. Thanks, of course, to our very honored guest. How would we say it down at the speeches in Jamaica? To all of our esteemed, esteemed colleagues, yes. our honored guest. And then we list them all, but all all we got is Brandon Ware.
1: Yeah, that's it. Well, thank you very much.
0: <laughs> Have a great one, folks.